Um, I just want to check, Sam, does everything sound okay? Because I am now in a different apartment and room. Yeah, I, I think it sounds okay. I, okay. I can't really, I don't really know how I would be able to check. Um, <laughs> well, hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 55 of the Picky Bastards podcast, the podcast where we talk shit, act like we know about music, and, and where I'm actually, I've had so many episodes now, I've kind of run out of things to say at the start, so that's, that's my introduction. Hello. Um, I'm here with the normal bastards, Sam and Matt. How are you, Sam? Good. All right. I don't know if we're normal, though. The regular. Regular. Common. Um, standard bastards. <laughs> uh, how are you, Sam? Did I say Sam first or Matt first? You said Sam first, yeah. How so are you, I'm... Matt? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. good. Um, and we're also joined by... Um, I, I can't, I've been trying to think about how to introduce you, Fat Fats. And um, you're just... You're a lot of things, aren't you? You're, you're a... You're a comedian, you're a podcaster, you're a yep. literature night legend. Um, what else? How would you describe yourself? A professional scuba diver. Yes. Ooh. Um, yeah, I used to do that on Sundays. Uh, skydiver <laughs> on uh, every other Wednesday. Okay. Um, trawler fisherman. Uh, do that just <laughs> in the mornings before work. <laughs> And, you do a lot um, from Manchester because there's oh, yeah. none of the places you can do any of these things. But I'm yeah, was, there's quite a lot of puddles around here. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, well here is our uh, yeah our trawler fisherman Fat Roland. Um, so Fats has come to join us. He's also we've not mentioned, but a bit of a electronic music expert. So you might see a slightly different playlist to what we usually have. Um, but before we get to talk about the playlist, I'm just going to ask a few questions of Fats just to introduce him. Um, so you can all get to know him in his in his music guys rather than his skydiving guys. So facts, <laughs> first of all, what is your favourite album of the last twelve months? Um, I really wrestled with this. So I've got a short list which is uh, includes Brainwatts era, um, which is like old school IDM IDM stuff. Okay. Uh, music. I've enjoyed music's new album. Uh, the new Working Men's Club, I thought was kind of ace. Okay. Uh, Max Cooper is good. Whatever the weather's good, Lorraine James's ambient project. But I've gone for Lexicon by Linen, L-Y-N-Y-N. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's just absolutely incredible. It's a, uh, oh, basically a classical music composer in Chicago who's done stuff with like Philharmonic orchestras. And he's just gone all square pusher, and it's just great. Really okay. complex and detailed album, and it's absolutely beautiful. So yeah, linen lexicon is linen lexicon. Yeah, which one's really the which one's the artist name, and which one's the album name? So linen is the linen is the artist name, and lexicon okay. is the album name. Because of your list, I've heard of Lorraine James, which uh, well starts us on our electronic yeah. music and my <laughs> absolute naivety. Um, so, next question: What's the first album you ever bought? I right. So, I, I you warned me about this question. I have absolutely no idea. I think it's probably some kind of classical music okay. thing because that's how I was. I was brought up playing piano and, and, and classical music stuff. So it oh. would have been something like that. But I couldn't tell even a million years what it was. I've got a very I've got a memory of going to Sifters in Burnage uh, nice. to buy U2's Rattle and Hum on vinyl 
and okay. uh, the Orb on album on cassette, which um, yeah, oh no, it wasn't you two battling on me. It was oh, Faith No More. Oh, can't... see, no idea. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell them I could do, do the singles. The singles are easy, but the album I've absolutely no no clue. Well, we didn't ask about singles, so no, um, you didn't. Uh, no, push on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's the best gig you've been to this year? Uh, well, Fran, we went to a gig together. We did. It was it was very good. It was self esteem at the cathedral. Amazing. Um, and it was absolutely amazing. It was like watching a music video start to finish. But I went to something else that topped it, which oh. was. <laughs> which was Dread Zone at Band on the Wall. Uh, they were mm-hmm. like an old uh, festival circuit rave dub drum and bass act. Uh, they had a couple of uh, hit singles, Fight the Power and Little Britain, which a lot of people would recognise even now. And yeah, they're still going. I know dead old, uh, but like they've got a proper dub reggae bassist and... Uh, it's one of those gigs where I danced like a loon start to finish and everyone in the audience became friends. It was so nice. Nice, um, nice. So, yeah, lots of uh, very crusty old people that are still uh, raving after all these years. It was ace. Sounds fantastic. Um, I actually saw them in Hebden Bridge a couple of years back. and I didn't know them at all. It's just because there was one big uh-huh. venue when I lived in Hebden Bridge, so I'd just go along to pretty much anything I could get to. And... Uh, I will say the crowd was pretty similar to what you've just described. So yeah, yeah, they're all um, they're all on there. They're, they're all like they'll be in the fifties and all on their one night out because they've got a babysitter and all that kind of stuff, uh, or whatever. So um, yeah, I take it the trades is the place you went to. That's yes, yes, very good, very good venue, fantastic good. venue. Um, okay, last quick fire question: What is the worst gig you've ever been to? Oh, right, so. Absolutely right. Okay, the, it's a support act. The, the, the it gig, is. the the gig was Pulp on their Common People tour. Okay. Um. So Common People have just come out. They'd just released Sorted to Reason Wiz, which is like one of the follow up singles, and they were absolutely the height of their powers. And they played. I think it was the Academy, and Pulp were understandably electrifying, but they had a support act called Minty, who. <laughs> <laughs> are the worst mm. thing I've ever like the it was like I was just shouty and the, I'm pretty sure the lead singer was naked inside an inside a massive condom <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> it was so do you, okay do you remember the television series Spaced anyone watch that yeah there's yeah. a bit where the they go to an art show and it's I think Dennis Pennis is in it, and there's David Williams playing some terrible BS art thing with a Hoover, and he goes, <laughs> "It is finished." And like, and it, that was literally based on based on the band Minty. They, they, okay. they, they based it on because um, it was Lee Bowie's band. Um, so yeah, I, absolutely. I'm I'm still upset, and it must be <laughs> it must be 25 years later, 30 years later, or just. <sighs> but Paul it sounds, fantastic. It. sounds fantastic. Sounds yeah. fantastic. Um, she had a swift consolation and actually seeing Pulp afterwards. Yeah, which is one of the best gigs I've been to. So a, a real, a real mixture of the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I've seen some pretty bad Oasis stuff in the time as well. 
Mm. We'll stick with Minty. Minty sounds good. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Well, now we all know Fat Roland, um, so we can move on to introducing the podcast properly. So each month we pick four recent releases, a, a classic album, and then someone introduces an artist they love in our Why I Love section. So this month the new releases are Preacher's Daughter by Ethel Kane, 12 Carat Toothache by Post Malone, now two bands that I'm not quite sure how to pronounce, but I think it's Polica. Madness. Polisa. Polisa. I, I watched a video, I made sure. Oh, God, that annoys me. <laughs> um, and I think Moderat, more data, spelt with a four. I'm not going to pronounce that. Uh, the classic is Speak and Spell by Depeche Mode. And then Fats is going to be telling us why he loves Orbital, um, yes. which I know he's been excited about for a while. Um, so we're going to start with a few questions and I'm going to start with Fats. So Fats, which album took you most out of your comfort zone and was that a good or a bad thing? Uh, that's interesting. I think Ethel Kane is the one that, that okay. did it really, mainly because of the really sort of religious thing mm-hmm. that she has going through her music, um, which takes me back to a previous life when I used to work in a Christian bookshop. Um, so a lot a lot of that came back to the fore. So I was physically out of my uh, emotional comfort zone. Okay. Interesting. And and was that good or bad? I don't know. We'll have to review the album and uh, I'll can probably explain yeah. more my feelings about okay. it. Okay, well, go, go ahead. You, you tell yeah. us what you thought of the album. Oh, oh guys. Well, <laughs> just... <laughs> So this is what happens when you let Enya get away with it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm going, to, I'm going to be floaty and slow and everything's going to take ages and let's have loads of <laughs> loads of reverb stuff that sounds like we're in heaven or on a mountaintop. And I know let's have a guitar solo that is like one BPM. <laughs> and let's, let's be all wavy and, uh, guys, I've got things to do. You can't, you can't make me listen to stuff like this. I, I've got... You know what I mean? I've got a busy life, and yeah. oh, it was so slow. So, like, it's good. Like, I, I get it. I, 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 <laughs> I get it. It, 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 it just sounded a bit like, like the cause, but like the one of mountaintop or something in the in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, not, not my really middle of the road. There's like clear. There's like proper hair rock influences there. There's literally like a hair rock solo in one of the tracks. Yeah. Um, I like the wooziness. Um, there was a single Gibson Girl, and I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. But uh, it's got a saxophone solo at one point. I just can't. <laughs> I'm I'm just a, I'm just a bit depressed, guys. I, but I yeah. actually thought the the religious stuff I thought actually made it actually a lot more interesting because you know. Kanye's done that a lot, and he so it just works. Yeah, so it was a bad thing that it took you out of your comfort zone. I would say. Yeah, I yeah. would. Yeah, yeah, I just. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just a <laughs> bit good. down. I'm just a bit all down. Good. All good. All good. All well, good. I'm glad we could do that for you with the first album on the list. Um, yeah. Thanks, Matt or Sam. Either of you feel similar? Um, I I don't know if I felt exactly the same, but I, it there was a lot of good parts of this album. But there was a lot of dreariness and a lot of it just went on forever. Um, I, don't, I consider it like I think this is a debut album, and it was it's I guess pop adjacent for it to be like approaching an hour and a half. <laughs> it just feels kind of insane to me. 
Um, especially when it's so, like, because there are elements that it's just so bold and dramatic and emotional, especially at the beginning. And then it just kind of desensitizes you to that because it just keeps going and going and going. And so I like, I really like the first couple songs, like turned up my headphones really loud and really enjoyed those and then kind of got bored. And then later on, there was like uh, a song, which I think was, had a lot of like, yeah, metal influences. It had the big wall of noise, but everything in between is just this kind of despairing nothingness that kind of Fats was almost uh, talking about a little bit. Um, that I just, yeah, I just kind of got, it was a bit dull, to be honest. A bit dull. A bit dull. Yeah. Fair, fair. Is that, is that you? All you've got That's to say? Me. Yeah? That's me. Sam? Um, okay. Um, so <laughs> this album, is, it's too long. That's, that is not up for discussion. Like when I first looked at it, I was like an hour and 20 minutes. This is going to be a joke. We're <laughs> all going to hate it. But this album has just completely like completely blown me away this month. I, right. I've gone back and forth so, so much on it because there's, there's moments and I'm listening to it and I'm going, this is the best thing I've heard all year. And I, I'm, I'm not surprised that it feels slow and it feels kind of, um, like it. The the length of it is really off-putting. But for me, the highlights and some of these songs are the best thing that I have heard this year. And and wow. that to me has kind of really elevated it up. And I I actually feel like there's other albums on this playlist that end up feeling longer than this even though they're nowhere close like this is like double the length of like a normal album and um, i think i feel like the peak is that song thoroughfare i i, I would just I, it just blew me away I, I think it's so dramatic and so full of um kind of it, it has this like it, it it pulls from like this like Americana vibe, but it really elevates it into this kind of like atmospheric um like epic scale. Um and and the songs that kind of are extended and are, do kind of go places. I feel like Gibson Girl is another one which which really, really I really enjoy that. It it it, it kind of pulls on the same things as like that like Lana Del Rey does. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities um, between them. This feels like a kind of Americana version of Lana Del Rey, where she might be pulling from more of kind of like hip hop sound um, with the production. Uh, this this feels a bit more earthy, and I think it really suits suits her. I think like American Teenager is like one of the best pop records I've heard this year. Um, there's a song that I can't pronounce called like Plotomia. <laughs> Yeah, and that's yeah. like crazy. It's all over the place, and th- it's like there's more than enough in this album for me personally to really love. That makes me look past how stupidly long it is. Um, <laughs> because I, I I found myself like I want to get this to be like a a forty minute album, but I was enjoying too many of the songs that I, I could I couldn't even do the horrid thing and make a playlist. I I really <laughs> enjoyed this album and I, I I feel like I'm I'm not surprised that you guys really didn't. Um but it, it did something for me this month, um definitely. 
Um, yeah, I, I, it's not something I would have listened to at all. Um, yeah. So yeah I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that we've immediately got disagreement. Uh, I'm closer to Sam probably than I am to the other two of you. Uh, I kind of. I heard American Teenager um, a while ago and kind of just dis- dismissed it as a sort of Taylor Swift wannabe song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't mind that song, but um, I kept reading the reviews about this dark, disturbing album um, and I couldn't like put American Teenager next to that. Um, and then I, I ended up reading a bit about her. Um, I don't know if much of, if you guys have. Fats has kind of touched on the um, religious elements. Well, she grew up in a extremely religious family. Her dad was a deacon. She came out as gay at 12 um, and then came out as a trans woman at at 20. Um, And this Ethel Kane persona was actually formed. The idea was she was going to be like a cult leader and that the albums were all based around this cult. Um, So that's kind of maybe explained some of the weirdness. Um, So that kind of made me interested in the album, which is why I picked it. And, And I'm really glad it did. I mean, I found it fascinating and surprising and it kind of kept smashing my expectations. It's definitely weird. It is unwieldy, um, and I, I have put my notes that I can really imagine people hating it, and, and we've definitely seen that that can be the case. But um, And I can also imagine people just not even listening to it after that Taylor Swift-type song, and then A House in Nebraska, which is eight minutes, um, <laughs> with these huge dramatic guitars, and it, it doesn't really seem to justify its runtime, but that's kind of what I ended up liking about the album. I think it doesn't really stick to expected formulas. It is kind of really long and drawn out um but there's a lot of interesting stuff here um gibson girl fats mentioned i thought was was really good and i love the way that it kind of uh goes for the guts with the lyrics and the darkness and really sort of sh- tries to shock um sam's already said there's an unpronounceable track it's just like this weird drony disturbing song which is so far removed from american teenager that it's it's hard to believe it's the same artist mm. and then there's kind of really nice instrumental song towards the end um and then, yeah, the whole concept of the album of kind of the difference between the role she was expected to play and the role she does play in, in like, I thought it was really interesting. Um, but yeah, it is flawed. It is complex. It is kind of challenging. But, and I can imagine it being off-putting. But personally, I, I did like it. And I will be I will be keeping an eye on what she does next. So, yeah. I think the cultishness of it is, is actually something that's the most interesting thing about it. Cause yeah. It definitely has that... Um, you sort of you you on the Kool Aid wooziness, that kind of slightly losing of reality that yeah. you might you might get if you're kind of being uh, you know controlled by this kind of religion. And I think that definitely, and certainly, yeah, I'm I'm someone who came out came out as gay in a church, and that element of it, I I'd absolutely get the feeling of that, and, and mm. I, I can't I can't take that away from it. I, I thought that was. Uh, that, that is by far the most interesting thing in any of the albums we've got this month. Which might lead yeah. into why it was a, took you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. I was yeah, kind actually, of thinking yeah, yeah. that would be a funny, a funny question, but it was more, it's quite a serious reason that it took you out of no, your comfort zone. No, it's just made, made me even more, even more depressed guys. Yeah, I'm sorry for <laughs> depressed. <laughs> should, we, should we, should we move on? Um, yeah, something please, less depressing? Yeah. Hopefully. Matt, which album were you most instantly comfortable with? Um, so for me, that hopefully this will be less depressing. Um, what I lean straight to, which is rare for me to go for the classic, was Depeche Ooh. Mode with Speak and Tell. Um, and so this is really for me, I, I, it made me think back of like when I was a kid, I would, my dad would put on David Bowie and me and my brother would always be like 
no, let's put on Aha instead, um, which would be another one of his his favorites. Um, or we'd ask for something else that was like in that synth pop vein. Um, and the, I like Depeche Mode for some reason he, he wasn't into, so we never listened to. Um, but listening to this now, it feels uh, right. It feels appropriate. It feels like something that I am very familiar with um, and comfortable with. Um, mm. And especially after last month where we talked about like how much I love the knife. Um, this it's fun to like dive back into this kind of old synth pop and um, this like precursors uh, like the lineage of that kind of genre and I, I think though the album is um, maybe like it's far from perfect it's a little up and down um, there is some just irresistible like pop moments in it the opening couple tracks that kick the track uh, kick the album off they're just so like quintessentially 80s new wave um i can just almost imagining them like unmoving at their keyboards with like <laughs> ridiculous amounts of smoke coming out behind them um and so it, it just was like it really conjured up a specific vibe it does at times got a little too like jingly jangly in the way they're kind of hammering at the keys, like in the song, uh, what's your name? But oh, it was it, so bad. Yeah. Like <laughs> that was definitely like a low point, but then it wasn't just all like, Hey, jingly fun eighties. It was, there was like some very <laughs> fun, like disc, like interesting discordant kind of sounds as well. in the kind of second half of the album with uh, photographic Torah, Torah, Torah and big muff, I thought they it kind of got sinister and it was more of a Gary Gary Newman edge to it, and I so those were the songs like after the initial initial times I listened to it the first couple tracks is what I was really about and then as I listened to it more the kind of later tracks that had this kind of darker edge to them were much more much more uh, my favourite, um, but yeah one of them is called Big Muff which is just <laughs> stupid. Oh, it's a great name. Yeah. So all in all, I, yeah, I really enjoyed this album. I thought it was very fun. I, it's, it's um, yeah, very over its time, but it's a, a time period of music that I really like. So I'm, I'm very happy with that. Nice. I'm going to jump in. Um, I'm going to briefly yeah. turn this into a football podcast, uh, if that's okay. Yeah. Oh god! Um, um, picking this when you did fats is it, it was a pretty big favor for me because weirdly, I'm a Nottingham Forest fan and we got promoted um, for the first time in 23 years last month. Uh, and over the second half of the song, the song over, over the second half of the season, the song, I just can't get enough became like an unofficial anthem for forest. Oh. The crowd was singing it every game. Uh, there was a big party celebrating this emotion, uh, the promotion in Nottingham. And there was tens of thousands of people singing that. So I've got some pretty fond feelings of that song, but I didn't have a clue. It was Depeche Mode. So, um, I've just been singing it and, and, you know, listening to it, <laughs> didn't know who it was. Um, so, just the joy of listening to that song this month has been has been great. Um, for me, I don't. It is the standout song on the album, and I I don't know if it actually is the standout or if it's just the fact that it, you know that's the only thing that I can think of when I hear it. Um, but I suppose what's good about that song is it's kind of fun and and it's peppy and it's like Matt said, it's joyful. Um, and I did get more of those feelings from this album than I kind of expected. Matt's a fan of this era. I'm really not a fan of this era. Um, but they are doing a good job of what they're trying to do. Um, you know, there's the title, there's the, the songs I sometimes wish I was dead, which doesn't sound a lot of fun, but the song sounds fun. Um, 
yeah, but a whole album of this same sound is a little bit too much for me overall. And and there are a couple of really annoying songs. Bit Boys Say Go and Big Muff. They both annoyed the hell out of me. Um, and and last last episode, the classic was Aesop Rock. Um, so this is definitely a big come down from that. But it is much more listenable than I expected it to be. And it's better than quite a lot of the classics we have covered. But we have covered some class- terrible classics so yeah i would say i'm pretty much in the middle where did you land sam yeah um i i was kind of a complete noob with depeche mode as well um just weirdly just not something my parents would have listened to um so we just just didn't grow up with it um but it just it this this sort of music just always reminds me of like when you go out and you go to like like an indie night or something like that and then this will be the only 80s pop that gets played because it's like still cool to like this um, mm. and you can kind of get away with it. I found outside of like the big songs, I think the first song, New Life, that's probably my favorite um, on the whole album. I think I, I found I found some of it slightly irritating. I don't mm. I don't know if it was the way the performance or it was the kind of way that just as Matt described that kind of like jangly kind of little jingle with, with the synths. Yes. It feels quite mean and harsh to like criticize that because it is quite early in that eighties sound. And they were kind of really kind of making this um, as they were going, but you hear it now. And I just think there's, the songs that sound similar to this or that do a similar thing that I'd much rather listen to. Um, this is, um, there's quite a harshness to the synths mm. often. Um, some, something in like, I sometimes wish I was dead. Um, I've just found it a bit much. Um, the rest of the songs, there's some really chaotic moments with everyone's mentioned big muff. It, that's <laughs> quite chaotic. Um, and yeah, I, I, this isn't really my sort of eighties record. Um, so I, I wasn't expecting to really, really love it. Um, but I probably expected to like it a bit more than I actually ended up doing. Um, yeah. Fair, fair. Fats, did you love it? I sort of did. Um, okay. so, well, so, uh, the reason why, the reason why I chose this album <laughs> was, um, the Depeche Mode that I remember from when I was younger was the Depeche Mode from Violator and, Singles like Personal Jesus, mm. uh, Enjoy the Silence, the Marilyn Manson cover one of those. Yeah. And so they, they were um they were a dark band and Dave Garn was of a dark character. Um and you know, they, they were dressed in leather and it was all a little bit goth for me. So all my goth friends were into them. While I in the eighties was in was into Erasure and Aha and all the cheerful <laughs> stuff, as well as my classical music. And I kind of realised when thinking about a classical album, that a classic album, that I hadn't, I'd forgotten about Depeche Mode's debut album, which mm. is always is always overlooked, because this is cheerful Depeche Mode. They they completely broke that with uh, their future okay. albums. Interesting. So they, they, they were never they were never a, a, a cheery, bouncy, happy band. But what happened on the first album? It was Dave Garner and Martin Gore, and it was. Um, it was Vince Clark. 
who joined them for this first album, then bogged off. He wrote the whole thing and went on to form Erasure. So this, oh. what, you're, what you're listening to with Depeche Mode's first album is essentially an Erasure album. Interesting. Really. Um, hence all this kind of playing with the, with the synths and stuff. Um, mm. So I, I, I found the, the use of synths, which is very, very, very Vince Clark and very Yazoo, which is his project with Alison Mayer. Um, I, I find it's in that lineage, really, of Erasure and Yazoo, not in the lineage of, of Depeche Mode, really, because um, they would go on to do some slightly darker stuff that I was less mm-hmm. into. But, okay. um, yeah, What's Your Name was the only bit of the album I just thought it was... Oh, so the the backing vocals, <laughs> hey, hey, you're such a pretty boy. I was just like, really... <laughs> I googled it. I googled it, and Dave and Martin from Depeche Mode they said it's their least favorite Depeche Mode track. So I think uh, we're okay to slag that one off. It's got a really good middle eight because it's synthy, but the rest of it anyway. Um, no, I quite liked it. I, I think some of the songs, yeah, clearly don't work, uh, but um, yeah, it's just just for the, the synth noodling and just Vince Clark clearly having just just brought out all his gear and just having a fun with it uh, it's worth it for that so yeah i was pleasantly surprised so my sense is you like this depeche mode album because it's not a depeche mode album it's, it's kind of what you're saying it's essentially <laughs> that that is that is what i'm saying i mean it, i mean it does say what is it 1981 or something so it does sound obviously really yeah. dated but i think for yeah. the time yeah it's uh, yeah it's pretty good i, I would say 60 percent of it i was really interested in and then quite a bit of filler probably okay Cool. Okay, on to Sam's question, which is a difficult third question, so I've given him two options. Um, mm-hmm. Sam, which album had the most comforting or uncomfortable moment, and how did that reflect the album as a whole? Yeah, so I was probably going to answer this with the Ethel Kane album, but okay. um, that would be boring now, wouldn't it? Um, yes. So yes, I'll, yes, I'll I agree. say um, the Moderat album, More Data, okay. Um Specifically the track Neon Rats, which I feel like is a highlight of the whole playlist um, and okay. has this like really pounding build up through the whole the whole thing. Um, and it feels weird to say that that's like comforting, but that's, re- that's totally my thing. Like a, like a six minute like dance record that like builds and builds and builds and actually has like a payoff and a satisfying ending. Yeah, and um, it's just, it's just great, and there's there's loads of other moments on this album that do that. Um, the the problem is is that there's a few other moments. Basically, every every bit where there's a there's an actual vocalist kind of coming in, um, that sort of take away from that, and I so I feel like the the highs of this album end up kind of showing up some of some of the lower moments. It, it is quite an up and down experience for me um i feel like um the other like more instrumental led stuff so like drum glow um and undo redo um i i really like how like direct the baseline is in those um it's really like thumping and uh, it just feels great um i think there's a i just think it's slightly less daring once there's a once mm. there's a vocalist in there. And I, I think for me personally, um, Easy Pray and More Love, I those sort of vocal-led songs, 
I kind of need someone to be singing with a bit more emotion or um, a, a bit more to it, like in order to really sell it. If 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 that's going to be what what the song is, um, I feel like I need a more dynamic singer because the rest of the track is so dynamic and is so thrilling, and the rest of the album is um, that I feel like I want someone that's really delivering it and it just feels like a session vocalist um to me mm. and uh it works even it works better in the other songs where the vocals are kind of integrated in the production um so yeah i, I really enjoyed this um i, I th- i'm so glad we we have an album like this on the playlist mm. because we none of us pick stuff like this really um yeah and it's it was great to have some like genuinely danceable music, um, and I'm sick of having to listen to the indie bands that you guys pick because <laughs> um, this is like so much more my thing. Um, well, I yeah, think, I really enjoyed it. I just we got that note. It's so good to go to go to Fats. Then Fats picked it. That's why it's here. So, where what did you think? Um, you as happy as Sam. Well, this this is this is the, an album that never really should have existed because they split up sort of five, six, seven years ago, having done three albums, um, and I think that very much felt like a permanent split. So this album came as a bit of a surprise. Um, uh, this fourth album, more data, is an anagram of Moderat Four, so that's why it's called ah, that. Um, okay. So. But the great thing about Moderate is they're always going to deliver something that is just ace. And you're totally right about Neon Rats. It just, if that hadn't exploded at the end in the way it did, then I would have been very disappointed. It was kind of perfect. Um, but yeah, I can't really add anything more, really. I think I think you're right about the vocals. And uh, I think um, the vocals can, it tends them towards trying to be like Tom York, but they end up sounding a bit like Muse. Yeah. Um, and, but on Easy Prey, also the the vocals in that, um, the man sounds a bit like, you know, the old paedophile guy from The Simpsons, the old the old <laughs> cook, cook, the crotchety old man yeah. who's after the children. Yeah. <laughs> sounds a bit like that. Um, so wow. maybe, maybe maybe that was deliberate. I don't know. Is that why it's called Easy Prey? Is that? Is is yeah. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Jesus Christ. Oh, no. I think, I think we've, this, is, this is the next uh, big news story. I think yeah. we've just broken something here. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And, and, and it, was, it was exactly what I expected from Moderat. Um, you know, some really, really great moments. They will hold back and go a bit more uh, subdued because that's just what they do. And sometimes I wish they would let rip a little bit more. You know, stick some drum and bass in, guys. You're perfectly capable mm. of this. Um, but it is, you know, two incredibly successful and interesting acts, a, a Paraton uh, mode selector in a, in a super group, uh, just doing what they do with all the compromises that they've always had. Um, if you'd like them, check out the, uh, the music video for Bad Kingdom, which is a track off Moderat 2, which I think is one of, it should have been a number one single. Uh, it was, it's, it's so good. Um, so yeah, I, I think exactly what I expected, um, with perhaps more highlight moments than I had expected, but also, yeah, that that okay. slight, um, yeah, that that, that slight ten, tendency towards being a bit too subdued, but that's that's moderate. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in because I've got sort of Go similar similar feelings as a whole that it's a bit of a mixed bag, but kind of I think this shows up, you know, me not being a big fan of this genre or 
very knowledgeable about this genre. I kind of feel the opposite in some ways. There are songs that you've mentioned that you two both mentioned that I really didn't like. And then there are songs that you said sound like a pedophile from the Simpsons that I really enjoyed. So, um, <laughs> but like, I kind of, I liked how the, I liked how the album opened. I like Fastland. I think it's really dingy. I think it feels like, um, so quite ominous. Like I can imagine it opening a show of theirs. Um, and then I like the way it leads into easy prey, which for me felt a bit trip hoppy, um, a bit massive attack until the dancey chorus came in. Um, and then drum glow, kept that feeling going, that ominous feeling going. Um, and I was at that point, I'm thinking this is going to be really good. I'm going to like this album. Um, that song reminded me a bit of some of the stuff I've played by Moby. I know that Moby's turned out to be a total bellend, but that album was pretty <laughs> huge for me back in the day. So I enjoyed that. Um, but then I feel it does drop off pretty drastically. And it is to do with the vocals. Uh, Undo, Redo is very cheesy. Um, it, and the vocal is very wishy-washy. I think Sam said session session musician and, and that does ring true um but then you both talked about neon rats which my only note about neon rats was very basic and unoriginal um so i'll leave it there um and more love just was cheese on toast to me um i did think num num bell brought back some of the darkness and the intrigue but for me i felt the album ended with a bit of a whimper really so the good stuff here is really really good and i'm glad that we picked this because the, the good stuff, there could have been a lot worse choices anyway, facts that you could have made. Um, <laughs> but I like it. I think it's better when it's darker and less generic. Um, I just wish it was more consistent as an album. Are, are we in, are we in general agreement that Fran's wrong about neon rats? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. I just want to get that in there. I mean, just make sure we, well, Matt hasn't basic, said anything yet. Basically yeah. original. Matt, well, yeah. start off I with Neon go, Rats. I go and say <laughs> Neon Rats is, is uh, one of the better songs on this. Yeah. I'd say it's very basic and original. Top three. In your um, face, like, run. There is a lot I'm, to I'm it. It's also that. like the fact that you, you didn't like Undo Redo, which I also thought, I think Fat said, um, some of the songs sounded a bit Radiohead that were mm. then veering towards Muse. And I thought this Undo Redo sounded like a Radiohead song completely. It it, it definitely, it definitely they, they, did, I, I, sh I should point out they have worked with Tom York, so it, it's, it yeah. is within their world. I know he's worked with, yeah. Um, yeah. Is it Mode Selector? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it's Mode Selector, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. But so, I, th I think I just have, I think I think I agree with just a lot of what you guys said. It's pretty uneven. There's some great songs. Uh, for me, Fast Land, the opening track, is the, the best thing on here. It builds in a really emotive there's emotive upswell and I, I think that's a lot of what everyone seems to like about what they they seem to be doing is these builds these controlling the emotion and reaching a target um in a, in a re with a with a payoff and i think for specifically for fast line they do that payoff in an interesting way of just it's not just hey let's have it more loud or more aggressive and they just add a ton more textures to the sound and it becomes uh, distorted and ethereal. And I, I really liked that. Um, but yeah, like the low moments for me, it's just at points, it just got a bit ambiguous and amorphous and just like it wasn't really trying to vie for my attention or wanted me there. <laughs> so, uh, so I kind of zoned out. But yeah. all around, I really enjoyed it. So I think, I think the main, the main thing I take away from. I think moderate album is Fran was wrong about Neon Rats. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's, well, that's a recurring I'm okay feature. With that. I'm okay with that. The podcast is Fran. Fran is just 
wrong a lot yeah. of the time. Well, should we move on to something else that's wrong and talk <laughs> yeah. about the Post Malone album? <laughs> um, <laughs> I will I'll kick us off. No, I say that, but listen, every time I think I'm getting a bit less snobby about pop music and being a bit less judgy, something comes along that leads me back where I started before we were doing Picky Bastards. Um, listen to this album. I just do not understand how people love this music. I don't understand how people like this music. Um, I don't know if this is considered good Post Malone. Sam might be able to tell me if it is, but I really struggle to see it as good music. Um, like To compare it to something that I didn't really enjoy personally, let's look if we look back at Sam's Lady Gaga playlist, I didn't love that, but I could understand why people did. I could understand why people were really excited by that. And I just don't understand it with Post Malone. Um, but that's not even to say that I hated it like I did the Arcade Fire album last last time or that I'm going to rant about it like I did about the Lord album a few episodes ago. This album just feels so bland and interesting that it didn't muster anything in me. I just shrugged a lot and listened to him sing about lemons and tangerines. I mean, I feel like he's trying to say some deep things and, and maybe he manages, but it's just so bland that none of it sticks. Um, the only part of the album that had any interest for me was the song he couldn't even be bothered to name. The final song, which is called New Recording, is, is the only time when it actually sounds like it's building something interesting, but, but doesn't get there. Um, I think what my overall feeling is that I was really disappointed because... I didn't expect to like him, but I expected him to be interesting, just like his persona and everything I've seen about him. I thought he was going to at least be challenging or, or amusing in some way, but he was it was just boring. Um, I don't understand why it exists. Um, so, Sam, is this good Post Malone? Is there good Post Malone? What? So, uh, okay. So, <laughs> my I feel like my expectations for this are probably going to have been higher than everyone else. Um because he's always kind of had this weird position in my view of kind of like modern pop music where he is a nightmare. Like he's like his, the vocal is such a shrill and like he, he's like a rapper, but he's not really a rapper. He's like he has tattoos like all over his face. And that's like that was his like personality for like two years. <laughs> um, but then there's hits in there that have been hits of the last like 10 years that are some of the best pop records of the decade. And like, not even just because they're popular, like the, the songs that are just have become like defining songs. And mm. so clearly when, when he's at his best, um, he, that's great. Every album I've listened to of him before has been so long and like 28 tracks of just endless random stuff. Um, so I was quite excited that this was like a much more focused record. It, going in, I was kind of thinking it was going to be, he was trying to say something else. And you feel like he's he that he thinks he is on things like the, the, the song like Euthanasia and like mm. um, I Cannot Be a Sad Song and the one with Fleet Foxes, which <laughs> I actually quite <laughs> like that, the so that song, Love, Hate, Letter to Alcohol, but it, it just, it, it thinks it's like a really introspective record. And then what ends up happening is then it just doesn't connect because it is quite boring. Mm. Um, there's this other song like wrapped around your finger is just circles again, but just less exciting. Lemon tree is like, he kind of is doing like a country twang, twang and it's just like, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, I, I went in with high higher expectations because I quite like Cooped Up and that was like the, the single straight in. Mm. 
Um, I, th- I think that's one of his better singles. Um, and it feels like one of the few moments where the production actually is interesting. And to me, that's that's the, the killer of this whole album. It's just that the production is so lifeless. And there's just nothing that has any bite to it. It just kind of floats along. Mm. And he can be performing a, a hook that's that's a catchy hook and yet it, it's just brought down to nothingness because the production is so dull um it takes until the the track right at the end which th- that single with the weekend it feels like it's just tacked on at that point mm. it doesn't feel like it's part of the album because that is like a, a real high moment for the production it's it's got real energy and real kind of like it, it's like a it really uh, it's it's a proper like banger and yet i even don't really think that's a very good song <laughs> and it's like I, I found myself wishing for like his older albums which they are not good albums but they were at least, <laughs> they were at least interesting enough because of the the amount of different things that were happening like mm. there's nothing on here that's like as exciting as that really random song he did with Ozzy Osbourne there's nothing on here that's excite as exciting as some of his other singles or some of the really really shit music that he's released at least it was interesting and yeah that's that's the kind of feeling for me is that this this does not back up the level that he was Mm. at going in and I I picked this before it came out it feels like it it's not actually doing him any favors and i I wonder if this is kind of the start of the end for him and maybe that's talking too quick too soon but um it really has not done well um Mm, and and there are no hits on here like one right now is the only hit on here um and he's someone who was having like ridiculously massive hits like Mm. 15 week number one kind of hit level hits um and it's just dropped off entirely so that was a very long thing from me about post malone and i know <laughs> it's good to know though it's good yeah. to know that maybe there is something more interesting out there but um matt or fats who wants to go have you got anything positive to say <laughs> <laughs> fats has started himself off let's go absolute testicles i just <laughs> I want to do a cover version of he's got there's a single on there called I Like You brackets a happier song close brackets. I want to do a version of that called I Hate Post Malone brackets and even sadder fat Roland close brackets because just oh my I was I I was kind of hopeful. I kind of quite like his voice even though it just sounds a bit like Belinda Carlisle because he does that wobbly <laughs> thing doesn't he but uh, I was just I don't think I could uh, remember a single song on it the whole thing's written by committee the the, the, the track he's got with um, what's his name The Weekend. there's five other writers on that track there's like it, it's got three producers like it's writing by committee it's so Oh, so dull, so dull. I, I, I'm so angry, and it's uh, and all right. The lyrics, <laughs> the lyrics. Some people got an apple, 
some people got a tangerine. <laughs> what are you <laughs> about? It's going to grow a lemon tree, and apparently it's going to burn it down. And, like, why are you going to set fire to your own tree when you've only... <laughs> like, it doesn't make any... There's one bit where he says, oh, look, we, we've both got a car. We've both got a house. We've both got teeth. Who's writing this? <laughs> like, what's... What's, there's a one bit where he says, we're, we're about to toast up all that bread we be burning. Why would you toast bread that is already on fire? And please, can we stop talking about women as hoes? He does it a time and time again on this album. Yeah. Uh, absolute, absolute first rate cack. <laughs> I love it. That's it. Well, no, that's my favourite review for quite some time. There was a um, silent uh, mic drop then. Honestly, yeah. just... I'm surprised thought, you managed thought... to actually get lyrics in your head. I couldn't get that far. But, um... I, um, I I listened to it twice through and then did a very angry uh, uh, lyric search on Genius looking for the worst yeah. bits because I was so um, upset. Yeah. I mean, just, I like you. I, it's, oh, it's so, <laughs> oh, just cheese. Oh, I'm right, I'm t- tell them to shut up. I've got to shut up. I'm, 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 I'm literally right, Matt, weeping. Matt. Jump in, I did. Jump in. I did exactly the same. After two listens, I was like, "What is the sh- shit with this lemon tree?" Like, <laughs> and and it's just he it's just I guess doesn't like lemons, and he's jealous of everyone. Else. He, he he mentions lemons on another track as well. Really? It's meant in reference to. Jeez. Wow. Like, what's he got against like, lemons? Are great. Lemons are great. Yeah, lemons but, are really good. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I don't know. It's pretty. It's just bad. There's nothing that much more I can add. It's. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I am. I am often defend people that use voice modulation. Not him. This is the pitch shifting is just terrible. I don't like it, and because he's not mm. doing anything fun with it, he just sounds like he's using one of those kids' microphones that do the weird echoing. Um, I, I feel like like Sam was saying, it feels like he's trying to say something grand and big, but it's very well trod areas of like fame addiction mm. losing touch with reality and then in the next song he's talking about hose and it's just like oh, okay yeah. <laughs> are you just like being it feels dis- disingenuous it just feels like he's trying to sell records and this is going to be his honest album um the collabs are forgettable um there's no hooks the music's dull i think <laughs> i think he's focused on conjuring a certain vibe with the music and doesn't care about yeah. what's actually in it yeah. um it's all about how, how, the vibe. Sorry. How can you have, like, <laughs> be as cool as he has been and have, like, face tattoos and sound so middle of the road? Like, so, <laughs> yeah. so middle of the road. But if, yeah, if, was... you, if you hear the big hits that he's had, it you, you can... I can see the journey from them to, some, to this sound. It's kind of like... I don't know. It's it's that kind of mixture of genres that he he kind of can sit in the hip hop space for some reason, God knows why. But then have these kind of guitar led songs, um, that that do ridiculous numbers. It yeah. It it's it's a, such he's been such a strange kind of pop star, mm. um, and this is definitely the like the lowest moment in terms of the actual music. Um, but that's not saying you should all listen to the previous stuff. Like, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, don't. Going to. <laughs> See, that, I think that's why I was kind of excited. I was really excited to give this a try because I'd, I'd heard people talk positively about him from all, all, kinds, of, all kinds of different people. 
like and all kinds of different tastes and so like that often normally bodes well i think but in this case i'm just like nah not for me i think that's a good place to end with post malone um yeah because i don't want to talk about him anymore yeah so <laughs> matt he's do you want he's, to... he's burning bread that's already on yeah. fire sorry yeah. carry on, carry on. <laughs> i mean that that is so great fat. why not but matt do you want to talk about police pelica as you pick them sure it's yeah. a it's a soft c right police yeah. police um yeah this is more synths is back in this album yeah it's, we've had a very synth heavy heavy playlist um for, for some reason in my head i i'd lumped these guys in with yolo tango maybe it's just because they have a a name that isn't uh, obviously english <laughs> but <laughs> it it's obviously they're nothing like them it's like um very much more moodier much more interesting and I think, again, the opening track for this, um, Alive, it had really, really, um, I really, really dug that. It has some real drive behind it. The beats, um, the beat has this kind of higher tempo and it feels like, feels like kind of like a, I don't want to use this. Uh, it's like a visceral throbbing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. It feels, it feels very like, it feels very like Frothing. real and human. Um, and then there's other elements which are more like smoother and more R&B like, and there's often a lot of texture to them. And so it makes it interesting. I think, I don't think, I don't think her voice is anything particularly special, but I like the way she used it. I think she used it very effectively. She has a lot of range to it where with like whispering at other points, other times she's like super pushing it. And then almost like in the in the production, it seems like she also gates it at certain points as well to make it seem like it's like blowing out your speakers. Um, but I do think, considering it's only seven songs, it spends a little too much time in the quiet moments. Um, mm. I feel like it could do with a little bit more balance. But that is often the case for me because I like more aggressive music or more mm. fun music. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. so, yeah. That's me. That's what do you think? Yeah, I, I, that is a good point about the quietness because it is so brief, isn't it? But I, yeah, mm. yeah, I, I saw them live a while back, and it sounds like their sound hasn't kind of particularly moved on. But yeah, I, I yeah, I just like them. I, they're just incredibly likable. I like the <laughs> the sort of squirrely <laughs> vocal effects. Nice. I like the big fat moog thing they've got going, particularly in the first track. Just yeah. gorgeous, um, really nice sort of synthy sort of breakdown on violence, and then it, it sort of gets a little bit sort of yeah, kind of slow, and it sort of wibbles down into this kind of wooziness. And I would rather it been a bit more punchy, a bit a bit more sort of churches maybe sort of thing. Um, but then I, the blood I really liked, and it the, the really nice sort of bass and drums thing going on there is kind of like ah, now now we're back. So, yeah, I, I would say 50% absolutely bang on uh, for the album. So, yeah, just nice. Just nice. Just it's nice. nice, guys. It's nice, nice, isn't it? Nice. Well, that's better than depressing or total cack. So, yeah, you know, yeah. you can move up. <laughs> Sam? Yeah, I, I think I kind of agree with both of you. Um, I've written down it could do with a few more bangers. Um, because for <laughs> me, the, the those big moments that feel like they really go somewhere... So like Alive, and I wrote down Blood as well. I think that's probably the best track. Um, they they really stand out. And some of the other more dreamy 
moments um like away um i feel like that they they're they're great they're good but they don't stay with you um in the way that some of those other bits do and because it is so short like because it is only seven tracks you kind of it just needs a little bit more it just needs a bit more to it to kind of really bring it all together as a full record um yeah i i I enjoyed it though i think it was um it was an interesting album i think it is an interesting listen it does quite interesting things um throughout yeah okay well so i think i feel like we use the term forgettable a lot on this podcast when i use it usually i mean something's a little uninspiring maybe like something was missing it could have been a bit bit more impactful uh, we used the term a lot when we talked about the coffee album a couple of episodes ago and, yeah. and, and I get why, but the reality is I do remember some of the songs from the coffee album. They have stuck with me, even if I didn't love them. When I say this album is forgettable, I mean, I, I generally can't remember it. Um, I couldn't tell you a lyric. I couldn't tell you a song title. I couldn't tell you an interesting moment. I just can't remember anything. And it's not because I didn't listen to it. I, list, I checked it. I checked my Spotify stats before writing my notes and it was my 10th most listened to album this month. Um, that's not as high as it would be if I liked the album, but it's enough to have given it a proper go. But I, I can't remember anything about it. I feel like if you played it to me again in a month, I wouldn't even know what it was. It's just a big old heap of nothing to me. One of the most boring albums I remember do, do listening you, to. Do you not remember the lyric where she talks about how some people have aubergines and then other people have cucumbers? <laughs> that was that was that was my favourite part. That's the <laughs> one bit I remember. Yeah, that's my favourite um, bit. That. Yeah, that was that would have made it slightly more interesting. <laughs> this is a boring album. Um, I don't understand it at all. It was worse than the Post Malone in terms of really? keeping me. Wow. In terms of interesting me, because at least the Post Malone, I could be like, God, the guy's singing about tangerines, and this is weird, and and it's weirdly awful. But the Pol- Polica Policer album, just yeah, it was just an absolute nothing to I me. Think, I think it's pronounced uh, Police. Aya. <laughs> <laughs> that would again make them more interesting. Anything would make them more interesting. Um, yeah, so that's where I landed. Um, okay, that is our albums. I'm not going to ask you all what you thought of the port, uh, the playlist as a whole because I'm going to rush us on. But I just want want to know what everyone's favorite album was. Um, so, Fats, which was your favorite? I think Moderate. Okay. Yes. Yes, Moderate. Sam, the, the Ethel Kane. Um, I'm kidding myself if I don't say that. Matt? I don't know. Probably Depeche Mode. Maybe. Wow. Can I just say the opening track of every single thing apart from Post Malone? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'd go FLK in as well. Um, but that's only because I didn't like any of the other albums, really. Um, so there we go. So we are going to move on to the Why I Love section, um, which I know we're all excited about because if anybody follows us on Twitter or was involved in any of our Twitter tournaments, you would see Fat Roland just tweets the word orbital about 42 times a day. So he obviously does love this act. So Fats, tell us a bit about why you love orbital. I'm not really bothered about them, really. No? <laughs> Average. <laughs> Average. Yeah, just move on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I, um, <laughs> I, well, I, I sort of, I, I discovered orbital up a tree because that's where you find things, <laughs> isn't it? Of course you uh, did. I was... So I had a bit of a troubled time as a teenager and I was, I thought, I'm just going to climb this tree and try and find myself. <laughs> and 
And I, I, the, the tree, I've been, I went back to the tree during lockdown. It's not there anymore. And I was very upset. Um, and uh, so I went up this tree and then I thought I'll, I'll kind of I'll meditate. I'll, I'll, I'll just find my, you know, I was kind of approaching my twenties. Like I need to know what life's about. Yeah. Yeah. I need to know where, where I'm going and what, where's the meaning in anything. Um, and then I got distracted and started reading the enemy and, uh, and because I was a music journalist at the time, and so I thought, I'll read the reviews. And there was this review of Orbital's Brown album, which was their second album, um, which uh, was so well written. I think it talked about one song sounding like an extended fart, and they gave it like <laughs> nine or ten out of ten or something. And I, I, I got down from the tree and went to HMV and bought the album, <laughs> and then and went over there. Why have I bought an album I've never even heard? I don't even know their music. And I remember the moment I played it through, it completely blew my socks off. And it just absolutely hardwired me into electronic music. Uh, It was just, I must have played it five times a day for like six months. Mm. Um, Because it's got this, uh, the Brown album's got this run from right from the start through to sort of two thirds of the way through the album, where it's all basically one continuous mix, which wasn't common then on albums. And the the kinetic energy of it just absolutely blew me away. And then on the top of that, then they had this run from sort of albums of one to four, which is kind of perfect. Like it's it's a hundred percent all the way through. Um, so they did Snivelization, which I absolutely love. They did Insides, which I think is a masterpiece of any genre. And um, yeah, just really really good. And it's been fun seeing them recently being the theme tune to the Pentaveret, which is the uh, the Mike Myers conspiracy comedy. So. Uh, that's a track from their masterpiece inside and uh, it's kind of been amazing to see but yeah absolutely hardwired me into it and then I saw them live um, at a tribal gathering I think it was in 95 a year before they'd played the headline Glastonbury and the enemy said um, that they were officially the best rock and roll band in the world replacing you too so that's (laughs) that's remarkable Um, (laughs) Yeah, you two were very well regarded back in those days, and um, yeah, and and it, it, it sort of came out between I I I lost my mum when I was seventeen, and I lost my dad when I was twenty three. The album came out when I was twenty, and okay. I, I I think it absolutely like a really sort of troublesome time for me and very upsetting. Uh, moving to adulthood and it was like the thing I could absolutely hold on to and I, I've seen them, I always now see them live um, and maybe once or twice per tour and you know I'm on I'm on the front row and everyone's hugging and mm-hmm. I just think they're phenomenal, I think their later albums, it's definitely a case of I guess diminishing returns but there's still some really good stuff in there, some absolutely brilliant tracks they've done in recent years um, they've split up a couple of times um, even though they're brothers. And the first time they, they split up in 2009 and their last ever performance together was a Peel session on the John Peel show. Wow. Um, and I still have that on tape because I listened to it and I wept from the first note <laughs> to the last note all the way through. And I, I still have that cassette tape. But then they got back together and split. And, and they did, anyway. Um, so, yeah, it just, just so so meaningful for me, for me in so many ways. And um, I think the, certainly in the 1990s, the purest expression of, of techno music, I think they're... I think they're jolly good, and they're slightly better than Post Malone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
so if you hadn't climbed that tree and read that enemy, you, you may not be the electronic music expert that we see you as today. No, I'd be into Belinda no. Carlisle. I, I would yeah. just be, you know, um, I, I'd, I've noticed the tree hadn't got knocked down. It, it just sort of slowly decayed over time, which uh, I think is a metaphor for all of us. Um, so, um, yeah. So, um, and it was quite difficult to, to do a playlist for it. So what we do on the podcast, we do. What you do on the podcast is um, <laughs> is uh, it kind of send around a playlist. And Fran had told me to make sure it's under one hour. So I submitted a 27-hour <laughs> playlist of all the massive. And I, I, I'd so carefully crafted it with, with highs and lows, like a DJ set and things that really meant loads and then fun said you're an idiot you need it to be less than an hour <laughs> and so the playlist i gave you in the end was was just like a, a kind of a greatest moments mm. sort of thing throughout their career i'll share now that i had a little whatsapp question with with matt and whatsapp conversation with matt and sam saying do we tell fats that this is two hours too long or or do we just <laughs> listen to it less <laughs> and, and just pretend that we listen to it a lot um and they were both no it's too long uh so actually i would have let you have it so you can blame them too. Oh, oh man. That is not Thanks, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Fran, I forgive you for Neon Rats. That's absolutely, that's great. Yeah, fair enough. But on that note, who would who'd you like to go to first to respond to, to your tree story? Who do you want to hear from? <laughs> who sounds like, who sounds like the moment of trees? Sam. You sound like a tree Sam? guy. I'm a tree guy. Okay. <laughs> um, this, I, this is obviously so so good um that first when the first song chime came on i just hadn't recognized the name and then it just took me back to being at home we had like a it's like a compilation cd of like you know like ibiza chill out or something like that like sunset ibiza and that song used to be played in our house every single day that it was hot outside like every single day the doors would be open the god we'd be sat in the garden and that song would be on and it was just it's just such an absolute tune and then halcyon on and on that song so that that's from the album that you were mentioning um that f- for me that felt so emotional that song and it feels like the sort of thing where um the way that like the vocal samples are like stacked together and it's it's so it it feels really poignant and I can understand that that might that feels like a song that at their like gigs is really like important to the fans, um, and a, a a real peak moment. Um, but yeah, so the the I really really enjoyed the first like few songs, and then I really liked they all got a bit weird after that mm-hmm. point. Um, yeah. So like, they start bringing in like these like vocal samples, like talking. And then the song with like Christopher Eccleston talking from on you lot, it's just really interesting. Like as a like development of them as a as a band, um, and you can hear that like development across the career. I, I liked that as well. Like near the end, you you hear them in the context of like modern like EDM music. There was that song, "Where Is It Going," mm. um, and. That to me, I think I think I've looked at when that was, and it was like the early 2010s, and it was like I can hear that alongside like your Swedish House Mafia and your like Calvin Harris, like these like massive DJs that 
owe loads to that like orbital performance on the on the pyramid stage because of the way that they'll have transformed electronic music for everyone um and you i i think this is one of if not probably my favorite why i love playlists that we've had because i've i've never listened to them properly and it's really made me want to go raving with you um (laughs) this music um yeah i loved it so good nice matt Cool. Yeah, I, I. So I had a question. Like, what was the uh, like? What's the logic behind the playlist? Are you trying to like mix stuff together with a similar vibe, or are you trying to? Is it chronological? Or it's chronological, there... and I it, it's purely chronological. And I, I, as a general rule, I went for my favorite track of each album. That's oh, okay. It. Cool. Cool. I mean, yeah. And like Sam was saying, it was interesting to hear this progression of like, um, uh stuff that i was familiar with and like songs that i'd I'd forgotten that belonged to them because initially when when you when you said orbital and over all these times that um we kind of you've uh, Mm -hmm. talked about orbital uh, (laughs) like pushed it on us three three figgy bastards i i've like um not really been sure like what they had made i had like vague recollections of seeing them on top of the pops at some point with their little headlamps um, but I can't remember any of the music that went with it. And then as soon as I put it on this playlist, I was like, oh, I know this, and I know this, and, I know, and I've definitely danced to this. Um, and so it was really like fun to hear these like first three or four tracks, which I was very familiar with, but hadn't really spent as much time with. Um, and then as it kind of, like Sam was saying, as it progresses to get into the kind of stuff that maybe didn't get as much airtime, or I, I, I haven't heard as much or at all, and it was it was really fun to hear like the weirdness. Um, I think standouts for me were I really liked the the box part one and part two. Um, I thought they were really like interesting how they play off each other, and one's like kind of light, and then the other one's kind of dark. And there's kind of this um, similar motifs throughout both of them, but it, it's still like they're very much a pair. And and it's similarly in you lot, it, it's almost the opposite. It starts off very um kind of sinister and dark and then it becomes really bright and joyful i really really enjoyed that um and so this as sam was saying i i actually this is one of the wireless i also have connected with the most as well i've been like listen to it i've been moving so like it's been the perfect playlist for like I'm, I'm i'm actively moving around i'm doing stuff and this has provided so much like energy to that um because it is just like relentless and fun and uh interesting throughout so i had a, i had a lot of uh, good times listening to this so so matt and, and sam i i'm it warms my heart that you you got orbital and uh, genuinely <laughs> makes me feel emotional fran i i yeah i obviously Don't I, ruin just, this. <laughs> obviously I, I despised it from start to finish i thought it was terrible um and you'll fire no um no the reason i chose the question at the start actually the questions i chose about comfort zone and, and albums you felt comfortable with um is because this whole playlist this month and i'm talking about all the albums kind of took me out of my comfort zone in some way some way pretty much every album um and some of them took me out of my comfort zone in a very bad way, like Post Malone and Polysostar, or whatever they're called. Um, but this least, Orbital, uh, yeah. <laughs> this Orbital album, took me out of my comfort zone, but in a in a really good way. Um, like you know, I, I I always talk about it whenever we have an electronic album. It is my weak spot. I don't know a lot, 
and, and the large reason of that is that music that I love a lot of the time is is lyrical, and the emotion comes from the lyrics. Um, and a lot of electronic music doesn't grab me. I do like some electronic music, but it doesn't always get me in the gut in that way. But there are moments on this playlist that do. Um, we've talked about the two box songs. I think they're really gripping and they really take you on a journey. Um, Halcyon and On and On, I, I did know already um, quite well. And that's just really euphoric. Um, I really like Funny Break. Um, and this is when it gets into interesting for me in that I talk about being out of my comfort zone. But those songs that I've mentioned so far um, also made me feel really comfortable because there's a really 90s sound to it. Uh, it kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of the decade in which I was growing up, uh, a bit older than Matt and Sam. So, like, I, you know, I was out at festivals at this point. I was listening to lots of different music. Um, and the, this, these songs, I think, would have been on when I wasn't purposely going to see a band, but when I was just going to watch a, a set at the end of the night. Um, so, yeah, quite joyful to, to listen to that. Um I did that did mirror that the stuff that I wasn't as into was later in the in the playlist. Um I, I, I didn't quite enjoy the end songs as much, but there's no negativity here. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Um so yeah, overall it was it was a success. Um it did take me out of my comfort zone, had me spending a lot of time in a genre I, I avoid um and, and enjoying it. So yeah. Thank you. I liked listening to it. I'm glad it was successful, but you're never allowed to discuss Orbital again. So <laughs> if there's anything else you want to say about them, you, you need to do it in the next in the next 30 seconds. Well, <laughs> funny you should say that. So mm. all, what I also like about Orbital <laughs> is that they've got an ability to play with celebrity, but it okay. never gets in the way. So, for example, the woman in the Funny Break video is Tilda Swinton. Um, a lot of the early vocals is Goldfrap uh, before okay. she was ah. famous. Um, where is it going? Um, uh, ended up being a collaboration with Stephen Hawking. Like it's it's you know what? they kind of got this re- really weird sort of um, <laughs> weird kind of take on uh, everything that they do. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, that's good. I'm I'm glad that I managed to get um, the the essence of Orbital uh, across to you. Yeah. The, the box also is is amazing. I, I've got the vinyl and it's twice as long and it, it, it's this absolute <laughs> sort of uh, amazing sort of epic. It's definitely the their their best track so yeah good well done fran well done do you do you think that if you if you had got through with your three hour playlist do you think that you would have been as successful as you were with your hour playlist or do you think i would have been saying what is wrong with you why have you done this to me and uh, <laughs> been very upset what do you think? It, I think it would have been slower. So I don't think Funny Break would have been on there. You lot wouldn't have mm. been on there. Um, it would have had probably a lot more um, early stuff and you probably would have got bored. Okay. <laughs> so a win in the end. A win in the end. Basically, yeah. Brilliant. Well, fantastic. That is us. Um, thank you, Fats. It's been really good to have you on. I've been trying to get you oh, on. Yeah. We're on episode 55 and I think I asked you to come on as a guest at about episode three. Yeah. So, it's good to finally get you on. Um, I've d- I've just been basically saying a really good that we all of fun, a violent no. I'm not going on. Then, yeah. stupid podcast. Yeah, I, I forced him um, in the end. It's, that's when we went to the self esteem gig. I was like, if you can only have this ticket if you come on the podcast. So, uh, that was that was on. good. That was a good gig, wasn't it? Self esteem at the cathedral. It was a very good gig. Yeah, that was a yeah. good gig. Oh, Sam purposely didn't watch her at the weekend when he could have, I, I believe. So. You make that sound like I was like at her gig and then like didn't go like, <laughs> to the bar. Like it was just turned around where I couldn't get there and back because it was too busy. Yeah, not good enough. Right, <laughs> should we talk about next time? Yeah. yeah.
So Sam will be hosting next time. What are you bringing, Sam? So for the classic, I have picked um, Ingenue by KD Lang. And I'm going to say why I love Older by George Michael. Jeez. Nice. I know. Jeez. Nice. <laughs> Matt? Um, so I have the album My Other People by TV Priest and In Amber by Hercules and Love Affair. I hope one of them is better than you picked this time. Um, that's what I'm going to say. I have chosen I Told Bessie by Elucid and Moona by Moona. Um, so there we go. So, yeah. That's us. We'll see you next time. And once again, fat, thanks for coming on, Fats. George Michael, seriously. Sorry, yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a anti-George Michael? or? I think he's a lot duller than people let on. I'm not on next month's podcast, so <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, so I haven't heard it. We'll, we shall see. Okay, well, we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.